HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit Corin.com. I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Japan Meets. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, food writer and director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Robertus in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every daily in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I'll try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Hiroko Shinbo, who is a Japanese cooking instructor, consulting chef to diverse food service industries, and cookbook author based in New York. As you may know, it's not easy to find a great Japanese cooking instructor in New York City, and Hiroko is one of the most trusted. Today we'll discuss the core principles of Japanese cuisine, Hiroko's unique culinary tours to Japan that you can participate, and much, much more. Hello, Hiroko. Welcome to Japanese. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Akiko. And I am very happy to be here. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and so, first of all, um, where are you from in Japan? Uh, I am from Tokyo. Okay. And uh, how did you grow up? Uh, were you always interested in uh, cooking and food? Uh, yes, <laughs> very much. Uh, I watched my mother cooking mm. uh, all day long, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, 365 days. <laughs> well, my father was a doctor, mm. a surgeon, and we lived in a clinic attached house. Oh, wow. So ground floor is my father's office and the patient quarters. Mm. And the second floor, floor is our residence. Mm. And the kitchen was uh, big. <laughs> mm. And uh, my father did surgery. Mm. Maybe many of the 80% of the surgery is a, a removing appendix, oh. which is very popular in Japan. Right. And the patient stayed with us uh, after the surgery uh, at least 
for one week. Mm. So what my mother had to do was to feed them. Wow, and, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, so she was cooking uh, every day about 15 uh, people kind mm. of meal. Half of them is for the patients mm. and half of them are for us, the family. <laughs> And uh, whenever I uh, come back from uh, the uh, school, mm. I head to the kitchen mm. and always f find her just uh, cooking. <laughs> wow. So I'm, I'm sure it's very, um, you know, digestive and healthy cooking that she had to make for you. For your father's patients, right? Oh, yeah, yes, very healthy, which means sometimes no salt, no fat, <laughs> uh, just the breast of chicken or white fish. Mm. So it is not so <laughs> tasty. Mm. But my mother, she is, uh, uh, so she, she's now 89 years old. Mm. Uh, she's so very good cook. And uh, I was very lucky to be brought up with mm. my mother, who is a uh, uh, who is a uh, wonderful cook? Mm. Wow! Now I hope uh, you can. You don't have to eat uh, something no salt, no fat food. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And then she cooked all Japanese food. Uh, yes, uh, she did. She cooked. Uh, maybe she she has a very interesting uh, history background. Uh, she cooked uh, Japanese food uh, along with uh, quite many Western. Japanese the Western uh, dishes, mm. and uh, my mother was born in 1927, mm. and my uh, my mother's uh, grandfather, uh, he was a doctor, and he loved Western meals uh. prepared by my grandma, her <laughs> mother, and uh, the, just a background at that time uh, was at the beginning of 20th century. And after the Meiji Restoration, mm. uh, Western ingredients, uh, Western preparation techniques flooded to Japan. Mm. So we created a kind of a strange Japanese Western uh, dishes, mm -hmm. uh, such as uh, we call it yoshoku, uh, which includes uh, Japanese-style steak, hamburger, uh, rolled cabbage, curry, and mm. rice, tonkatsu, right. pork cutlet. Uh, these kind of things. So, my uh, th this is how my grandma learned mm -hmm. how to cook Western dishes. Uh, my grandpa uh, grandpa was appointed as a uh, nursery school doctor mm -hmm. okay. in the city, uh, which is Niigata, the north uh, west of uh, Tokyo. Mm -hmm. It is on the Japan Sea. Right. Uh, and uh, this gave my grandma mm. an opportunity to go to the church and okay. then do volunteer. Mm. And uh, sometimes she came back with a recipe, which was given by a wife of minister. Okay. So she started to cook chicken soup, uh, French omelette, some uh, deep fried chicken, uh, stews uh, using tongue, beef tongue. Mm. So she was brought up with uh, this kind of uh, kind of food. Right, and that time it was very trendy. Very trendy, trendy. Food. <laughs> yes, very strange. So, uh, so she cooked that kind of food. Mm. And the interesting thing is, when I think this, uh, she uh, she not just came up came back with recipe mm. to her all of the Japanese home. She came back with Western thinking. 
huh. a kind of uh, the <laughs> uh, back then the society was deep in the feudalistic mm. uh, society. Right, from uh, the samurai to yeah, samurai the emperor. To that, that's right. <laughs> and women was uh, technically a slave mm. or a second uh, citizen. Right. So my <laughs> grandma came back uh, with an idea of uh, what's the role of women uh, mm. in society and how to treat women in society. Mm. So she planted that seed uh, in my mother. So uh. my mother was always telling us, uh, you are girls, <laughs> but uh, if you study, uh, have some dream, you can make something meaningful or something big. Mm. So that, that's, maybe that's why I am here yes. <laughs> doing uh, what, what I am doing. Right. So we're going to talk about uh, everything about you, but here we go, like a uh, New York uh, lady. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Strong, independent person. <laughs> uh, congratulations. Uh, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of, yes. Took two, three generations. Mm-hmm. Well, they must be really <laughs> proud of you, so that's great. No. Right. And uh, so, but how did you get into um, cooking? Like, you know, did you go to culinary school? Uh, that, uh, the answer is yes or no. I, uh, I took uh, just one year, one and a half year cooking uh, school class, mm. which was offered not to the uh, just professional uh, cooks, but uh, by uh, back uh, this time, women went to cooking school mm. to learn something to become a good a good wife. Mm. Uh, so I took that kind of course. But after graduating from university, uh, my major was psychology and English. Wow. Uh, no, 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 teaching. Mm. Okay. And I found a job, secretary, mm. a job at a small branch office of American uh, security company mm. Fidelity in Tokyo, in Tokyo. Mm. Fidelity Management and Research Company. Mm. I worked for four and a half years, and uh, which means I reached to over uh, beyond 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And back then, <laughs> if you don't marry, uh, you are called Christmas cake. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas right. cake has no value. Right, it's after 20. 25th of December. Nobody's right. going to buy you, right? Yeah, <laughs> and the women, after 25 years old, nobody buys. Mm. <laughs> so I quit uh, the company because people are talking about everything. Yeah, she's, she's like a leftover Christmas cake. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> then I just, uh, I didn't do uh, much <laughs> anything for uh, about eight months. Uh, but uh, looking for something to do, <laughs> meaningful. And one day, a couple of uh, American uh, flu blight researchers mm. visited my uh, father and my mother <laughs> entertained uh, them with delicious meals. Mm. So they came back um, many more times <laughs> with more fruits. <laughs> and I was always <laughs> helping her in the kitchen mm. and just uh, sitting at the table with them. And they uh, saw me that I am not do- doing anything. So I uh, asked me, why don't you teach Japanese language? Mm. So I went to this school and got the diploma 
and uh, I started to teach Japanese language, uh, working for one language service company. Mm, that makes sense because your degree is part uh, yeah. education. So yeah, I, yes. So I enjoyed then. Uh, teaching Japanese language is very interesting. It is not just teaching how to speak mm. or how to say one phrase. Mm. Uh, the language is surrounded by built up uh, up on the pillars of Japanese history, mm. culture, food. Uh, you have to explain everything, mm. and uh, because people live and work in. Japan in Tokyo, so um, uh, lots of questions about food mm. uh, came up, right. and I went to such and such restaurant yes uh, last night, and I I had wonderful meals. How can I make this? <laughs> <laughs> so and then yeah, I was asked to teach Japanese oh, wow. cooking. <laughs> In addition to the uh, to teaching languages, mm, so, so it's like organic development uh, teach both. <laughs> <laughs> yes. right. So a kind of that that kind of uh, not not uh, through main <laughs> mm. uh, road, but a kind of country road mm. came to the <laughs> to teach Japanese cooking. Right. So, but then eventually you came to the states, right? So yes. In nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. Yes. So what happened? <laughs> so, hmm, uh, I should come here by myself, uh, but uh, I, I luckily found uh, American uh, came to Tokyo as a businessman, mm. and we dated uh, for a couple of years, and uh, we married, and that actually yes uh, br- brought. Mm-hmm. me to New York City mm-hmm. and he is from uh, Philadelphia mm-hmm. and he's uh, when he, he was at the high school everyone his friends uh, dreamed to uh, move to New York City mm-hmm. uh, some someday when uh, I become successful uh, so he had the same idea mm. and by that time I think my teaching was pretty established and I came to <laughs> I flew to uh, New York City mm. and taught one week Japanese cooking uh, class course mm. at Peter Camps. Okay. Um, That's the, many years ago. Right. It's yeah. now an international culinary center. Uh, culinary education. Education. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So how? And I, I was writing a book and almost completed, and I was looking for the publisher to publish mm. the book in America. So it was just timely to move to. Mm. Uh, New York City. Mm. Interesting. Everything seems to be led by something, some luck for you. Uh, well, may, may, yeah, maybe. I, uh, maybe. <laughs> I was lucky, but I just to make something happen, you always have to work mm. hard uh, toward something which you don't know what's happening. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Right. What are you working hard? You don't know where you get to. <laughs> right. But right. suddenly, like, oh, wow. Yeah, yes, that, that's true. Right. That's true. And yeah. I am sure, Akiko-san, you, you have such uh, uh, that kind of um, yeah. uh, 
moment. Right, crazy turns of life. <laughs> right. Reflection, oh, that's a, that's a right. reason for that. I was suffering from it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Right. Okay. And uh, so you, so I, I will talk about uh, your book later, but uh, you published uh, some books. Yes. And then, uh, um, so you started teaching here. Yes. So, yes, I started, yeah, and I started teaching at the Peter Camps, and then Peter Camps became International Culinary Education. Mm. So I was teaching uh, Japanese cooking with, uh, and uh, some Thai and Vietnamese cooking. Mm. Right. And then, so um, you've, been keep, keep, uh, you've been cooking for now, New York City, for 17 years, right? So where else do you teach? I mean, uh, uh, night? Yeah, uh, now, right now, now I uh, teach at the ICC, mm-hmm. uh, International Culinary Center, mm-hmm. uh, which was previ- previously uh, FCI, French, uh, French Culinary Institute. Mm, wow, that's amazing. So uh, what kind of classes do you offer? Uh, I do a uh, couple of, uh, just one week long, uh, we call it essentials of Japanese cooking, mm. and just a uh, one-day class uh, of sushi and ramen. Mm. Okay. So, so the, yeah, uh, I am not teaching uh, all of the, uh, all of the months. Or right, but the more intense. Yes. Um, Intensive course, in yes. a way, right? So, um, so it sounds like you used to teach more home cooking for, you know, when you're in Japan, and now it's more kind of professional cooking. Yes, and it is uh, my approach to uh, how I teach Japanese cooking. Maybe this can be applied to a vocational students or mm-hmm. vocational students both. To my mission has been has been demystifying Japanese food, like, right, your like your show, like your show. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah, so I am very happy to be here today. Yeah, you're the right person to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, how to demystify? There are three uh, things which make Americans feel, or oh, oh, Japanese uh, cooking is just too hard to do mm. in my kitchen. First, ingredients. Mm. Second preparation techniques, and the third, some specific cooking utensils, mm. uh, such as rice cooker. Right. Uh, American kitchen is completely differently set uh, mm. to uh, J- Japanese right. kitchen. Actually, my mother never had oven until recently. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so. and, uh, and actually, Doyle didn't, uh, just uh, don't need Exactly. Any, yeah, oven. And my mother has an oven. She uses as a storage space. <laughs> she that way, she had a long time. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, so how to demystify, demystify these three areas? The ingredients. When it comes to just a key flavoring mm-hmm. ingredients, uh, I'll show you: soy sauce, miso, rice vinegar, mm. mirin, uh, sake. They are. Uh, pretty easily available mm. at the even at the large supermarkets or e-commerce mm. online uh, online places as have 
all of these ingredients. Right. So very easy to get. Mm. And it used to be more difficult. They have to go to Japanese grocery stores. That's right. But it's now uh, Whole Foods to regular supermarket to, of course, Amazon, .com, yes. everywhere. Yes. And what makes them uh, difficult to buy even when they go to the store mm. or online? There are choices. Right. <laughs> Some soy sauce comes with a, a red cap. Mm-hmm. or yellow cap, or golden cap, <laughs> or some miso, or some uh, different flavors. And some colors, is so- too. Yeah, yeah, colors, too. Color is different. Some is salty, some is milder. So I teach them not just uh, this is soy sauce or miso, just uh, gives all information about mm. how they are made, mm. what kind of ingredient, ingredients are used, or some, if there is any chemicals involved, of course, I explain it. Mm. And how much uh, fermentation period, what makes the color of red miso darker mm. compared to young aged miso. Mm. Well, it is like cheese. So just uh, breaking down uh, things uh, easy uh, to understand mm. and then just uh, take away of a kind of fear <laughs> against uh, J- Japanese ingredients. Right. Uncertainty and fear. Right. 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 So, okay. And, uh, but then a technique-wise you teach. So yes. that's, that's the problem solved. Right. right. And there's uh, also techniques. Uh, Japanese uh, uses uh, certain techniques. Uh, for example, before uh, we simmer fish uh, and the flavor with the shoyu or mirin. Uh, American cooking doesn't do kind of uh, uh, cook uh, a dish preparation, but they poach fish. Right. So in a Japanese way, when we simmer fish, we always clean it beforehand. Mm-hmm. And how to clean it? Uh, whole fish or just cut a piece of fish, put them in boiling water, Mm. just uh, two seconds, five seconds, ten seconds, which uh, removes all of the surface uh, yaki or off flavor, Mm -hmm. and then ready to be put into the pot with new water to cook. Mm. So this technique can be applied to poaching, Mm. uh, when uh, Americans do poaching fish, so uh, that kind of detailed information, and because I give lots of information, so it is not just for this recipe. With, uh, with the acquired knowledge, mm. when they go back to their, uh, their kitchen, they can make, reproduce the dish. At the same time, they can apply their knowledge to mm. other uh, preparation. Right. So you don't teach the recipes, but you teach skills. Right, right, right. Okay. And then also a kind of a, the philosophy of uh, Japanese cooking. Mm. So that, that's the uh, that, that's the uh, uh, that's my approach. Mm. Right. So what is your mission? Like, you know, in, in the first place, teaching Japanese cuisine to people, non-Japanese people. Uh, my mission is to demystify, uh, demystify uh, Japanese cuisine. And I still believe that Japanese meal mm. is uh, 
nutritionally balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, portion size is uh, balanced, and uh, one of the most uh, healthy uh, preparations. Right. Okay. Oh, this is so, uh, yeah. Okay. And I, you know, I think uh, there's something important. You know, you, there's Japanese cuisine philosophy always, right? The core principles which doesn't exist in American cuisine. Right. 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 So maybe we can talk about that because I, I want right. to learn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is. Uh, a part of the philosophy which I teach is uh, called Gogyo, mm. uh, which is uh, translated into five elements. Mm-hmm. Well, this philosophy actually came from China. China. Mm. So the universe is controlled by five elements, five mm. forces. Uh, the five one is tree, uh, fire, uh, soil, metal water. Mm. So they interact each other, uh, help uh, each other to, uh, to maintain balance mm. uh, of the uh, world. Uh, like tree uh, burns, uh, fire burns tree mm. and make the soil, mm. and the soil produce metal, mm. and the metal uh, bear dew. Mm. And if uh, uh, the water is, uh, if there is too much water, soil absorbs water. Mm. But if water <laughs> exceeds, you have flooding. Mm. And the fire uh, and water, water can uh, extinguish fire. But Aye. if fire is uh, larger than uh, water, and the fire destroys everything. Mm. So to have a balance with these elements is very uh, in, uh, important mm. and this is tied five elements are tied to flavor uh, taste mm. and the prepara- preparation techniques mm. so the, uh, so the flavor uh, green is uh, <laughs> tree is green mm. fire red mm. soil orange uh-huh. metal white and uh, water is black Hmm. So the chefs in Japan, when they uh, plan a menu or a meal, they try to incorporate these uh, different colors. Hmm. Right. So and that's uh, people say goshoku. Yes, right. goshoku. Right. Yes. Hmm. And when you think of uh, vegetables, different color veggies have its own nutritional value. Hmm. So incorporating different color uh, vegetables is also very important. And that, uh, the, this is from uh, this uh, goshoku, mm. uh, five color. Right. Then uh, these are tied to flavor. Uh, the tree, sour, mm. fire, bitter, orange, <laughs> the soil, sweet, mm. metal, hot, uh, because uh, it right. came from China. Uh-huh. Well, Japanese cooking doesn't use much hot spices, mm-hmm. but uh, metal, hot and water salty mm. and when uh, people when, when you eat may, maybe more formal kaiseki kind of meal uh, the flavor is very a kind of monotonous mm. or nothing is hot nothing is spicy nothing is sweet mm. nothing is uh, overwhelming or just uh, the way how we prepare that kind of uh, meals 
is to preserve the natural flavor mm. of each ingredients used in the preparation. Mm. So we and uh, this flavor should come partially come uh, come from each ingredient. Mm. So they uh, coming together, integrated, and there's yes. like a balanced flavor. Right. Uh, it may not be as exciting as like uh, barbecue sauce or uh, <laughs> chili, like, you know, the kind of thing. But this the, the end. Like I heard, uh, I think it was Mr. Chef Morimoto. He said um, in the States, uh, you have to have a big impact for when he serves miso soup. Yes. Because people, unless you feel salt in the first sip, they don't drink anymore. But in Japan, if you go to a regular kaiseki place, at the end of the whole bowl, you have enough sufficient amount of saltiness. Yes, exactly, mm. exactly. That's how we approach to <laughs> salting dishes. But here, uh, everyone uh, expects mm. punching flavor right. uh, when you go to the restaurant. If there is no punching flavor, they say, hmm. This is not good. <laughs> but <laughs> Japanese food is uh, very different mm. and uh, have to balance these uh, flavors. And the bitter is uh, one of the uh, very important flavor. Mm. Uh, so uh, so that, that's uh, about the flavor. And then uh, these five elements are tied to preparation techniques. Mm. So... Uh, uh, tree simmering, uh, fire, you can guess, mm. grilling, mm-hmm. uh, s- soil raw, mm-hmm. raw uh, salad or sashimi, and metal stir fry or deep fry, mm. and water uh, sim- uh, s- steaming. Right. So when you uh, when you adapt these mm. five uh, different techniques to make one meal or maybe even four you can prepare a meal which is nutritionally satisfactory mm. uh, and uh, it, it is also mentally physically just a, it's uh, not uh, nurturing right. and the visually beautiful too and the visually and the beautiful yes. right. and that I think uh, because Japanese cuisine is based on seasonality you know, the color comes from the nature, actually, yes. variation. Yes, so. that's true. And mm. to preserve that color, uh, texture, uh, that's, kind, that's another very important thing. Mm. So it sounds like you inherited your mother's cooking for <laughs> your father's patience, too, in a way. Yes, I, I think so. Right. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but what's the biggest challenge in teaching Japanese cuisine for non-Japanese people? Considering I have to explain all those things and yeah, uh, the challenge when I started to teach Japanese cooking, um, I had a challenge <laughs> <laughs> because they asked so many questions about uh, just the individual ingredients. Mm. Uh, how to make uh, sake? How to make shoyu? How to make miso? <laughs> So I, uh, this was uh, one of my, became my, my book, first book. I didn't know <laughs> the answer. So I wrote a letter to small uh, breweries, mm-hmm. small manufacturers, and then uh, asked if I can come and 
just watch or I want to learn mm-hmm. how uh, this is uh, shoyu is made, how uh, sake is made. And uh, Japan is a corporate uh, society. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was always asked, which company are you <laughs> working <laughs> for? Well, I am an individual. And uh, some of the place said, hmm, no, uh, we are not interested in having you, kind of. Mm. But uh, some of the places, they just uh, uh, took me mm. and told me. I just continued to uh, commute these different uh, fac- uh, factories mm. for about four years. Wow. And then uh, that uh, became a book, mm. a part of the book. So the challenge was just explaining everything mm. <laughs> about Japanese food. Right, because the, each, like soy sauce, miso, there's another, by itself, it can be a one-hour lecture. Right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, yes right, it's exactly. Very important. Right. And then now, uh, I don't know. Well, so today, the challenge is Japanese food... Is a uh, meal is eaten with chopsticks, mm. so everything is cut into small uh, pieces before mm. cooking. Right. So, so that you can pick up with chopsticks. Exactly. So knife skill is very important, mm. but uh, usually, uh, just the home cooks they they uh, they struggle to cut uh, <laughs> veggies. Uh, as I uh, as I uh, uh, asked uh, to do, so knife skill is uh, one of the most challenging mm, right. thing. And that's uh, that reminded me. A kaiseki chef uh, told me one time, and he said you have to really think of the size of someone's a dinosaur's mouth <laughs> because if you cut too small uh-huh. or too big, yes. you don't enjoy the food. Enough, that's, like hundred percent. Yes, that's uh, exactly true. Right. So and it's kind of omotenashi, hospitality minded. Yes, it is. It is. Too. And then, uh, depending on how large to cut, mm. just the cooking time differs. So if someone cut uh, some veggies too large, mm. and then when I say in my recipe, mm. cook five minutes or two minutes, <laughs> just say. It doesn't uh, apply to <laughs> this huge cut of veggies. Right. So, right. so that, that, that's another challenge. Yeah, mm. that's a challenge. Right. But I'm sure people learn. That's yeah. the whole point of going to your class. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right. So um, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about Hiroko's unique culinary tour to Japan. So please stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. 
Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan-Asian to American. And that is why they're located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's unique store in Lower Manhattan is home to perhaps the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan, plus the rarest natural sharpening stones and exquisitely designed tableware. They also host special events such as knife sharpening demonstrations and parties with New York's most famous chefs and restaurateurs. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the implicit and elegance of Japanese culture to your table, be it in your home or in the finest restaurant. For more information, visit Corin.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats, broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Hiroko Shinbo, who is a chef instructor, a consulting chef to diverse food service industries, and cookbook author based in the U.S. since 1999. So um, we've been talking about teaching, and uh, the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America, just started a professional Japanese course called uh, Japanese Advanced Cooking uh, in September for junior students. So what do you think about it? I think that's... Uh Fantastic, and uh, should have happened much, <laughs> much earlier. <laughs> I agree, uh, because uh, there is no professional uh, cooking uh, school. Well, on the West Coast, uh, Chef Matsuda, uh, he has been running some sushi school, mm, right. kind of. But uh, there is no uh, kind of established Japanese uh, cooking school mm. uh, in America. And uh, it was uh, in the F- uh, CIA campus, mm. and it's uh, just a wonderful experience for the uh, any chefs who wants to be a Japanese uh, chef, mm. or who uh, who can be very much inspired by uh, Japanese cooking when they cook. American, European, or other cuisine. Mm. So, just uh, I, I think it it is wonderful. Right. Yeah, and uh, I got some details, and I, it's uh, from here, from the, the September to December, and uh, eleven classes, and uh, starting from dashi, then rice, and nabemono, which is a pot dish, and sushi, agemono, fried foods, noodles, which is soba, udon, somen, and kaiseki, uh, dorps and kaiseki grilled dishes, desserts, and bento box, and the kaiseki course dinner menu. So it sounds very intense. Wow, <laughs> yes, very intense. So this is 11 week, uh, right. all day? Right, and I think they have a field trip, meaning visiting Japanese restaurants in the city. Okay, wow. Right. No, I'm, but it's like uh, from now to uh, through December, so this is really the most comprehensive Japanese okay. course I've oh. ever heard. Yes, right. that's uh, and who who are teaching uh, this? Uh, the uh, Mr. Murashima, who um, is uh, he's, who's been an instructor at uh, the Tsuji Culinary School. Okay. Uh, the Tsuji Culinary Institute in Japan, which is a equivalent of CIA in Japan. That, that's right. Right, the best uh, culinary school, and uh, um, so the, I think Mr. Murashima was. Uh, uh, the opening chef at the Brushstroke in Tribeca. Oh, And okay. he went back after it, it took off, and he came back, he, he was invited back <laughs> to teach us. Wow. Right. So it sounds like 
is very serious. Yeah, yes. Right. And uh, wow, what wonderful. And what, why to junior but not senior? Uh, well, I think, yeah, I think this is experimental first time. So it's oh, not, okay. uh, you know, the uh, freshman or sophomore and then the third year, the us try. Okay, so right. yeah. And I know that the CIA, they teach uh, Asian uh, mm-hmm. cooking. Right. And the Japan was part of the Asian cooking one, right. one week. Right. So this is a more a kind of extended I think so. More program. Um, focused program. Okay. Right. So I think this may expand the pie of Japanese cuisine, hopefully, yeah. in this whole country. That's right. wonderful. Yeah. So, and uh, I will really want to talk about uh, your one of your Japanese cookbooks because you have three. Mm-hmm. And uh, most recent ones, Hiroko's American Kitchen, Cooking with Japanese Flavors. And I found it interesting because each chapter is named for Japanese stocko sauce that you mm-hmm. can apply easily to Western-style dishes. Right. So, could you tell us about the book? Okay, and here for you. Oh, oh thank you. So now I would have yeah. to cook. <laughs> that, right. Do you do you cook? I I try, but uh, it try? sounds like a, I feel like I don't know anything about. <laughs> try doesn't sound like you are cooking. Okay. Thank you. So, uh, Hiroko's American Kitchen was uh, came out of a kind of necessity or need to simplify mm. uh, my cooking in my kitchen. Mm. Well, I I just uh, I love to cook, mm. and I I have to cook because if you don't cook, uh, when you go to this restaurant, you don't know. What's in there? <laughs> mm, right. And I just, uh, uh, maybe my, my mother's influence is too strong. And uh, if you cook, uh, that's the most healthy, good food mm. uh, at home. So, but uh, when I have uh, lots of uh, things to do, mm. and I, I just, I don't want to spend uh, more than half an hour in the kitchen. <laughs> like everybody else, right? Right. <laughs> then uh, uh, I thought, okay, so I will make some uh, some system. <laughs> mm. And I prepped uh, basic stocks, uh, which is dashi and kelp stock. Mm. Uh, one is a, veg- a vegetable stock mm-hmm. and four sauces. Mm. And I made a a large pot, uh, batch stored in the freezer mm. and the refrigerator and they used it as a kind of their mother stock and the sauce. Right. So, uh, for example, if I want to make uh, soba, uh, I just uh, pull one sauce mm-hmm. and just uh, dilute mm. with water right. and then you have a wonderful tasting noodle soup right. broth. <laughs> So that kind of uh, sauces. Mm. And uh, when you go to the store, Japanese food store, you can already find these already made Mm. uh, uh, sauces Mm -hmm. and uh, things. But I am very, I don't know, purist, or I I just, I don't like any preservatives. I don't like any chemical ingredients. Yes, and and it's too salty often the case. Yes. And then you can taste actually uh, chemicals like MSG, which is not as friendly. No, no, it is not. (laughs) To your body and other ingredients too. Yeah. 
And uh, these days, uh, more people, especially millennials, they are looking for more clean, natural, mm-hmm. healthy foods. Right. And uh, how uh, how you you can have that kind of food is, yeah, you have to you have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You have to cook uh, by yourself, but make it easy, mm-hmm. uh, quick and easy. Right. So that's the uh, purpose of my. Book. Mm, well, quick and easy, and it's really real. Yeah. Right? Like professional chefs. So, <laughs> right. So, the listeners again, it's Hiroko's American Kitchen. It's available on Amazon and a lot of other bookstores. And the holiday season is coming, so please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Hiroko's <laughs> American Kitchen. It's really pretty, and uh, it's uh, highly um, easily. Uh, you can apply to anything. Yeah. To Western cooking. And actually, this book won uh, Best American Cook. Cookbooks of Award Award wow. in 2013. Hmm. Wow! Congratulations. Thank you. Right. So okay. Well, thank you for the book. I'll, I'll cook. <laughs> I, I yeah. promise. Yes, uh, I will check in too. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I clean up you. Right. And the other thing I really want to mention. Uh, so. I heard that you organize tours to Japan for foodies, mm. and uh, there's some one coming up to Hokkaido. Yes. Right. So maybe you can tell us about the tour. Uh, okay. So as part of my uh, culinary career, well, I like to do <laughs> lots of uh, different things. And I uh, one fi- five years ago, six years ago, I organized one trip to Japan. Mm. Uh, I took the group to... Uh, it is a very small group, uh, usually about 10 people, mm-hmm. uh, to Tokyo, Kyoto, uh, 1,000 years of capital of Japan, and uh, Kanazawa, mm-hmm. the second Kyoto, which is called second Kyoto. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was born there. Uh-huh. And Takayama, um, a culture spot in the mountain, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Gokayama. Uh, that's a UNESCO uh, nature heritage mm. site. And the people loved the experience, different. Mm. Uh, and lots of activities in Tokyo. Uh, they, this is not much available now. Uh, took uh, the group to Tsukiji mm. early in the morning. Uh, we, uh, we saw the, uh, uh, the auction. To an auction. To an auction. And I had a uh, I have a friend in the market, uh-huh. so he took us to uh, the middleman's uh, stand mm. and they showed us how to fillet the fish wow. tuna, which wow. they bought at the auction. Mm. Uh, and we did uh, cooking a class. We took cooking a class, and we went every place where. We have, we must go right. when we are in Tokyo for three days. Mm-hmm. I mean, you we, must go, you're talking about for foodies. For you. What do you uh, foodies plus uh, with uh, culture, mm-hmm. uh, not, not just the food, food, culture, mm-hmm. history. Okay. And we ate uh, all those sort of, sort of things, mm-hmm. then moved to Kyoto, and the Kyoto, we visited the sake brewery okay and we visited many temples and the shrines right and did the meditation mm. at the zen temple 
ate vegetarian uh, lunch mm -hmm. at the Zen temple. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, this kind of uh, uh, expo exposing them to mm. whole Japanese food, right. uh, culture. So you can kind of be immersed into the deeper part of the culture. Yes. Right. So the one you, you're going is Hokkaido, which is the northern big island of Japan. Yes. And uh, the people who uh, joined my previous tour kept asking me, uh, please <laughs> organize mm. a tour to mm. Hokkaido. Uh, I went to Hokkaido when I was at the, uh, a couple of times for skiing, but I didn't know much about Hokkaido. <laughs> so I uh, thought, okay, I want to <laughs> discover Hokkaido. Mm. So last year, I took my husband and went to uh, did the uh, all research. Mm -hmm. Which hotel uh, do we stay? Uh, what kind of activities uh, do I offer? Right. Uh, where yeah. is the best place? Mm -hmm. And then. And Hokkaido is really interesting that. I actually, personally, I haven't been there, but I keep hearing. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I should go. Um, yeah. But uh, to the point, since Kombu, 95% uh, of Kombu comes from Hokkaido. Yes, that's correct. Right. And that's correct. Uh, daily, uh, people used to call Hokkaido as Gaichi, means foreign land. So right. they have a completely different climate. And yes, climate, history, culture. Mm -hmm. And Hokkaido is like America. Mm. were invaded, or Jap Japanese invaded Hokkaido mm. and subjugated Ainu people right. uh, by the, com uh, that completed by the Meiji, right. uh, beginning of Meiji. So industry is very new right. and vast land, mm -hmm. uh, farmland, and uh, they have wonderful cattle, dairy, mm -hmm. uh, farmers, right. farms, and the seafood is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting hungry because I'm thinking about it. Right. So where so, can we find the information of uh, your tour? So the information uh, you, uh, you can find at my website, mm -hmm. uh, com. And also if you are interested in uh, receiving complete information, uh, about, uh, including the tour fee, uh, this is uh, open to just uh, nine people. Wow, very exclusive. Yeah, very mm. exclusive. The reason is uh, we go to one national park uh, in Shiraitoko, one of the peninsula, mm -hmm. where uh, we will take a, a guided tour. Mm. Uh, the area has the largest brown bear habitant. Okay. So, <laughs> wow. So only guide can take only ten people. Mm. So including me, <laughs> only nine can go. <laughs> right. Wow. So sounds very special. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. So listeners, it's uh, uh, if you're interested, it's Hiroko's Kitchen. W when are you go going? In uh, May 25th through June 6th. Okay. Next year. Sounds exciting. So yes, check please, that out. please, uh, please <laughs> <laughs> okay. come along with me. Sure, right. <laughs> so, listeners, again, it's uh, hirokoskitchen.com. Uh, it's uh, H-I-R-O-K-O-S kitchen.com. All right. So, uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Hiroko. Thank you very much, Akiko-san. Thank you. So, please come back. 
Thank you. So, listeners,、uh, again, if you'd like to know more about Hiroko's activities, please visit hirokoskitchen.com. And、uh, if you have any questions or comments about the show, please contact us at Japanese, Japanese at Heritage Radio Network.org. And Japan is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays, always available at Heritage Radio Network.org, iTunes, and Stitcher podcasts. And please go to iTunes and Stitcher and write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. And today's show was made possible by Corin and our engineer is David Tatasiore. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website. Or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.